Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. So join me, Bravo and Botox, and we'll catch up on all the Bravo news and read way too much into our favorite shows and Bravo liberties. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special bonus episode of the Bravo Papers, Vanderpump Rules After Show Recap. I wanted to do this because, you know, I know it can take a little while between the Richard sisters deep dives. So I wanted to give you all something, you know, to fill in that gap, you know, like a special bonus and I, I'm watching the after show anyways, so why not? And listen, I am kind of liking the after show more than the show. Now, that being said, we're only three episodes into the season, so we'll kind of see where things go. So I'm going to recap the after show, starting with episode three, which is this week's episode. I did do episodes one and two. Um kind of late, like after the fact. I just did them this week for my um, Patreon subscribers. So if you're interested, you can head to patreon.com slash bravo and Botox. I've got lots of great bonus content on there. Um, So check it out. And I release um, an extra podcast episode every week for $5 a month. So it's four extra podcast episodes a month. Plus there's also early releases and things like that. Okay. So let's get into this because, you know, this season is really about the the fallout, the aftermath, right, of Scandaval. And first, I just want to preface this by saying there's only so long that we can do this, this Scandaval fallout thing, okay? Because I got to be honest, like I'm getting fatigued, like Scandaval fatigue. And the first two episodes, I was I was with it, okay? I was like, all right, we need this. We need to, like, establish the group dynamics and, you know, kind of see where people are, and that's going to set it up for the rest of the season. But now, episode three, with this still kind of going, I think, and I, and I know I'm not the only one because I am just seeing it nonstop on the Twitter where we all know I spend a lot of time doing my, you know, because of Twitter roundups and stuff and and on Instagram, right? So, and just everywhere. Like I'm I'm on Reddit, I'm everywhere, right? So it's people are getting tired of the Sandoval pity party that he's throwing for himself. The just like the group just talking about how they're mad at him. <laughs> he's a narcissist. It's like it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's all true. But, you know, we need other things. And, you know, I'm holding out hope because I think there are other things that they're going to talk about this season based on the trailer and things like that. But the other thing, and I did say this, uh, I don't know if I said it on the Bravo Weekly News or if it was on a Patreon episode, but I do think that the cast needs to film together. Like, I'm really a believer in that. I know this sucks, especially for Ariana to have to film with so, it, like, remember, this is very fresh. 
for us, it's like a year later. But for them, like they're filming this and the season has just ended. So, you know, she's like three months out from the breakup. But, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's like if the cast cannot film together in a group, it can make it really difficult. And like we're kind of seeing that on Potomac and some of the other shows. And it's just like it's not fun. It's just not fun. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the episode. Now, keep in mind that for this episode three recap, I'm going to be giving my opinions and perspectives. And you don't have to agree with all of them. You might have some different opinions and perspectives. And you might disagree with my point of view. But again, this is a podcast and it's my podcast. And it's okay if we disagree. It's all good. I'm down for some, you know, check out my at the Bravo Papers Instagram. You can give your opinions in the comments. We can talk about it. I love having like discourse about the different perspectives and different analyses. And, you know, that's one thing I love about Patreon is we can kind of discuss things back and forth. So go for it, right? It's okay. We can disagree on things. Um, I say this because I do sometimes get, not usually, I think the majority of people are you know, level-headed and, you know, already kind of know that going in. Like, I might not agree with everything and I know this is a podcast and it's going to have the podcast host's point of view and I might not agree with it 100% or I might have a different opinion and we're adults and that's cool. But, you know, once in a while I do get a DM where, like, you know, I'm getting name-called, like, you're a hypocrite, you're a narcissist. Like, I've been called that of all things, which is random. Um, So, yeah. That's, I, I mean, it's Bravo. Like it's, we're not talking about life or death here. <laughs> I'm always shocked when people are like so emotional about it. Although I should know because, you know, Bravo fans can be a lot. Um, I'm sure uh, Andy Cohen knows that more than anyone probably. All right. Actually, no, you know who knows that more than anyone? Tom and Tom. <laughs> so Let's talk about Tom Schwartz to start. So he kind of starts this episode and he's talking about Ariana's quote unquote ego. And he goes, and it's in reference to when basically she shut him down and was like, we're not friends anymore. And I, I, I can't remember exactly what she said, but, you know, she gave him kind of that little speech in episode three about like, I don't have to hang out with Sandoval and that's that, right? And I'm not changing it, okay? Which she was giving very like Garcelle energy, which I loved because, you know, if you watch this week's Beverly Hills, Garcelle was like, that's my opinion and I'm not changing it, <laughs> right? I was actually really inspired by both of them. I was thinking that as I was going into this podcast episode, I'm like, you know what? I can't please everyone. So that's my opinion. And I'm willing to hear other viewpoints and consider them and talk about them, but that's it, you know? And Tom Schwartz said, I think it was one of her lower moments, quote unquote. And he's like, she's not my queen. Okay, so he's like referencing when he called her the queen of the group. It's so, it's so gaslighty because it's like, she didn't say she was the queen. You put that idea out there. And then now you're talking about it as though she said it, which is so just wrong. 
and infuriating is the word I'm looking for. She didn't speak for the group. I went back and rewatched the clip. She says, I, she literally says I at the beginning of the whatever it was, the sentence that she was making. Hang on a sec, because I even have it saved. So she says, I'm just going to say the beginning of the quote. Sorry, I had it written down in my phone. I just wanted to um, find it. But she says, I gave up on you a long time ago, right? It's called setting boundaries, Tom Schwartz, and just establishing that we're not like, you know, besties anymore. Now, that being said, I do still think it's good to set boundaries. But she also is going to need to like realize as well that this is a job and she's going to need to film with the group. Um, but that being, but you know, the the point is here that she didn't speak for the group. She was not saying, you know, oh, I'm in charge here. You can't invite him to anything. She was just saying, if he's invited to things or if he's around, I won't be there. Right. Or you and I are not like going to go and like have coffee together and et cetera. Right. She was just saying, like, I've been through this. He made these choices. And for now, I need to separate. It's it's really fascinating to me. And I tweeted this when I was watching the episode, but it's really fascinating. By the way, you can follow me on um, X slash Twitter at Bravo and Botox. It's really fascinating to me how quickly Tom Schwartz goes from like innocent little puppy to raging attack dog with rabies. Like he flips a switch and it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> like he has got a rage inside of him. So he says next in the after show, he says when people yell at him, his mind shuts down. And he's like, I don't know, just something about that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, Schwartz, it's called rage. Like, I really think Schwartz has maybe some rage issues or like some unresolved emotional issues that he needs help with because he does, he snaps. And it's like, it's actually kind of scary. Like, God knows. I mean, we've seen things that he did with Katie over the years, like when he was like, look at you, you're disgusting or whatever. Like, he just like goes to this dark place. And I can't even imagine the kind of things he probably said behind closed doors. So anyways, like, she, you're not my queen. He also, he he gets very, like, defensive. If somebody is, like, strong in their perspective or they're not being, like, soft and nice, he all of a sudden just, like, he snaps. It's pretty fascinating to watch, actually. It also kind of showed that he wasn't really listening to what she was actually saying, which is a big problem with both the Toms, I find. Like, they just, they're just waiting for their turn to talk. Um, so Ariana then says, we flash to Ariana, because if you've seen the after show, they just flash back and forth between the interview seats. So um, actually, I should have prefaced that with, if you've never seen it, it's Tom and Tom are doing one. And then we have Lala, James and Sheena. And then we have Ariana and Katie are a duo for theirs. Okay. So we flashed to Ariana and Katie and Ariana says that she hasn't spoken to Schwartz since the reunion. She says, I know I'm not queen. She's like, but I am allowed to make my own decisions, which exactly. Um, then they flash to Lala. And although I do want to actually, sorry, say one thing about that, which is that like, yeah, she, 
it was all raw and fresh and she hadn't spoken to him since the reunion. So it was kind of like, like, I do think she was just saying, listen, I haven't talked to you since the reunion. Here's where my headspace is at. I gave up on you because you're like, that's her way of saying, I know you're going to stay loyal to Sandoval, which is kind of understandable, to be honest. Like, I don't like I think people out there saying that Tom Schwartz, you know, should have told um, Ariana everything and completely flipped on Sandoval. I actually don't agree with that. Do I think he should have actively encouraged Sandoval to do the right thing and to tell her? Yes. Do I think he should not have taken part in the smear campaign where he was helping Sandoval actively paint Ariana as some like psycho, not good girlfriend? No, that was wrong. He should not have done that. But at the end of the day, I do get that Sandoval's his best friend and like he's going to be on his side. He is going to take his side. Like, I'm sorry, that's just kind of realistic in the real world. And I think women do that, too. I really like I've seen it happen where a girl's been cheating on her guy and the friends don't go and tell the guy the female friends usually either. They usually just are like, when are you going to tell him, you know, this is wrong. You got to tell him or you got to break it off. Like I've literally seen it happen more than once. So it's one of those things that you know, it's it sounds nice in theory. We all like to think we're going to be like standing on the moral high ground. But are we? If it's one of your friends that you love, who you know they're making a big mistake. It may, and, and you got to see like Tom Schwartz, he doesn't see Sandoval like we do. He doesn't think, oh, Sandoval's like a psycho <laughs> narcissist. Like he really just thinks like, oh, he's like my guy friend who's like made a mistake. He cheated. Like that's all he sees it as, I think. Um... So Ariana, again, she says she hasn't spoken to him since the reunion. But Lala says Ariana should, um, she kind of supports her here, which might be surprising to people because people are kind of already feeling like Lala isn't taking Ariana's side enough, I guess. But Lala says Ariana should have a chance to be the queen. And she's like, she doesn't, like, no, she doesn't say she's the queen. But Ariana's like, or sorry, Lala's like, even if she is, she should. She should have the chance to be the queen and the main girl because she's never had that chance. She's always been in the background. Um, she's always Switzerland and she always stays neutral. And Sheena makes a point to agree and, of course, make it about herself and say that she's never gotten to be the queen. <laughs> Sheena just cannot help but Sheena. Like, she just cannot. Like, Shishu is going to Shishu. She's just like... Well, I've never gotten to be queen, you know. <laughs> and then she's like, but you know what? Other people have and I always support the queen. I support that. Like trying to make herself out to be like the most loyal woman on the show when we know she is the most disloyal, like not girl's girl that exists. Um, and she's like, I, I'm just I've never had a good season. And I'm just I've just I'm just accepting that I, I've just accepted it at this point. It's just never going to happen. And she like <laughs> she says that she goes on this whole thing. And then Lala's like, really? So, I mean, Sheena's right in the sense that I don't think she's ever been the queen. It's not because, I don't know. No, it is because of that. I was going to say it's not because she doesn't, hasn't had, she's had chances. But like Sheena's just, she doesn't have like the main character energy. She has like group ensemble character energy. 
<laughs> she and I think the reason Sheena's so salty is because like the show started and the show was really like the first season. It really did kind of revolve around her as the main character. It was like the new girl coming to work at Sir and the mean girls are mean to her and she's the main character. So it did kind of like the when it first started, it had that energy. But like Stassi just really stole the show. And even though Stassi was a villain, it was just clear that she was going to be the star. So it was just one of those things. Okay. So Schwartz, they we flash back to Schwartz and Sandy. And Schwartz says that Ariana was just getting a little egotistical. Okay. So that's like how your best friend is 24-7 for his whole life. But anyways. Um, but again, it's like, based on what? Ariana, he hadn't spoken to her in three months. They hadn't spoken at all except for that one interaction. <laughs> like, it's like just because she's gotten opportunities and she's like taking them and doing them, you don't know if she's acting egotistical because you haven't been around her or texted her or called her or anything. Like, you just don't know that. And then Sandoval takes this opportunity to say that this is what he dealt with behind closed doors for all those years where he was, you know, chained to the wall in a torture chamber with, you know, the evil ice princess um, with her huge ego. And he's like, that is the real Ariana. And then he does, <laughs> like, he does like the Kelly Ben Simone thing. He's like, my intelligence was down here and hers was up here. And he does like the high-low hands, right? Um, I mean, that's kind of true, though, Tom. Like, I don't, okay, whatever. If I'm going to choose who's more intelligent in that relationship, I think the answer is pretty obvious. But just, but again, we know what that really is. It's probably just Sandoval being an egomaniac and trying to make everything about himself and never seeing anyone's perspective and always saying he's right. And Ariana probably called him on it, which I'm sorry is what a good partner does. Like, that doesn't mean that she's her ego's out there. It just, it means your ego's out there and you're never willing to listen to anyone tell you anything other than you're amazing, hot, talented, the star, da, da, da. Like, you know, that's it because we've seen him, right? We see him on the show and in interviews in the face of criticism. That man cannot handle it. So Ariana says, she doesn't know why they say that about her, like the ego thing, and that she says, me just working and getting opportunities doesn't equal ego. Exactly. She's like, I was just working. And she's like, I didn't even see them. So how would they know if I was acting egotistical? Nailed it, right? So she doesn't think, and she's like, I don't think I'm any cooler. And then Katie's like, you are kind of cooler. <laughs> and Ariana's like, mm. and listen, I, I've never viewed Ariana as someone with like a large ego. I've actually always viewed her as very insecure. Even like her one ego line when she first came on the show where she was like, I'm prettier than you. I'm cooler than you. I'm whatever than you. Even that, it really just felt like fronting because she was like new on the show. <laughs> and usually when people do that, it's usually because they're insecure. And if anything, we've, hear we've heard Ariana talk about how like she thought her vagina was disgusting because she had that abusive ex, how she thinks like all the bad stuff she says about her body. Like, I just don't, like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Okay. So then Sheena, 
says she doesn't hear from Ariana as much and that Ariana doesn't respond to text as often or as quickly and that she's seen a change in her. Now, I would like to point out that that could be true. I don't know. Um, However, I could also see that there could be a change because of how Sheena's been acting. You know, like having Sandoval in her or going to Sandoval's hotel party after BravoCon and basically like having a hissy fit because Tom Sandoval's blocking her. And basically, like, Sheena's made it pretty obvious she wants to be friends with Sandoval again. She's actually acting thirsty for his friendship. It's it's just so Sheena. Um, if there's anyone who has never changed and grown in all the years on these shows, it's Sheena. I mean, she makes for great TV. I I I don't change, Sheena. You keep going, okay? Okay, Lala says, um, it, it's funny though, because Lala goes, no, Ariana was like that before. <laughs> and then James agrees. Or she's like, she never was good at responding to texts. Um, she's like, Lala's like, Katie, Ariana, and Sandoval were actually the three that never really texted me, never really asked how I was doing, like kind of outside of filming, I guess. Um, like she's like, they just weren't like the three that would check in. So I guess the rest were. So there you go. Um, Sandoval says communication stopped with Rachel before he went on special forces. Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, Tom says he was doing everything to support Rachel. Of course, here's where he makes himself to be like the best boyfriend knight in shining armor. Says, you know, she think he thinks, sorry, that she cut him off and that it was disappointing because he feels he's the only one who supported her. And and he's like, she was like going through a hard time. Yeah, because of you. But anyways, uh, well, because of her too. And he's like, and you know, I lifted her up. I helped her be like a strong woman. And like, I encouraged her to be more independent and da, da, da. He says he partly blames her parents because they didn't like her and her publicist who would be like optics, optics, optics. And that the optics became the priority over every anything else. Now, we know that's probably partly true because there's definitely a PR aspect to this for Rachel. And, you know, Tom was handling this so terribly. Like, he was going on tour, you know, saying things about Rachel and and Schwartz and his song lyrics and still wearing the lightning bolts. And like he was just he was not acting sorry or like like he it was a PR nightmare. So I can see why a publicist would tell Rachel to distance herself from him if she wants to get out of this thing with even a little bit of hope for the future. Right. But he's like, yeah, it was all about optics. But The other thing is that, you know, on Rachel's podcast, we're just getting a completely different story. And listen, Rachel's a known liar, too. You know, as Sheena famously said in her walk outside of the courtroom, she's a known liar. Tom's worse, though. So if I have to choose the lesser of two evils of which one is the bigger liar, I'm going to lean towards believing Rachel's version of these events over Tom. So... Rachel is saying that, like, he, you know, was trying to talk her out of going to the mental health facility, that he was, like, basically making her feel like she's selfish, 
how she made it clear that she was a danger to herself. So like implications of suicide and that, you know, this is what she needed and that he was like basically like you're selfish for not coming back and being with me and filming with me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and she says on the podcast that like she she started crying when she saw that he wrote that. I guess it was in a letter, I think, and that she was just like, it, I guess it kind of snapped her out of it and made her realize kind of who this guy is. So then we get to the Nima interview. So Sandoval felt that it was, you know, it just, Sheena had gone way too far. (laughs) And we saw him talk about this on the show, but they obviously, this is what they do. They talk about everything through the episode. Um, And he says like, you know, Sheena, just the sense of entitlement that Sheena had by putting it out there. No one likes to use the word entitled and entitlement as much as the Toms do. Um, yet they are the most entitled people that I've seen on TV in a long time. Um, and he says she was entitled by putting it out there. Sheena says that it was clearly just to clear her name. And that Nima, like he, he's off TV. He's got like his own business. He's doing well in real life. So we're talking about Nima from Shaws of Sunset, in case you didn't know. And that Nima offered to do the interview. So she says she didn't reach out to him and was like, please come on, whatever. He offered to do it to basically tell the truth because she was getting a lot of hate for saying that Tom said this. Now, that I find a little hard to believe. I mean, maybe she means hate from Sandoval and Rachel. Because, I mean, the fandom was not believing Sandoval or Rachel for anything. Like when Sheena said oh, um, someone, basically Rachel said that Tom had told her that you guys were in an open relationship. When Sheena said that, we were all like, yeah, of course he said that. (laughs) And even though, you know, Rachel and Tom were denying it, I don't, like, no one believes them. So I don't know what hate Sheena was talking about, but I guess Sheena just couldn't stand to maybe be called a liar by Sandoval and Rachel. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So she says Nima offered to do that and come tell the truth. Either way, listen, whether she asked Nina to come on and help her clear her name or not, I don't really care. Like maybe it was a little, like it did get inappropriate with Nina talking about when he hooked up with her. He didn't need to maybe get into that. Um, But is Sandoval the one to point that out? Like, does he have any leg to stand on? Like he recorded her without her consent. And like, what, now all of a sudden you're the morality police? (laughs) Like, Anyways, Sandoval says it's definitely not true. And he never said that to Rachel and that he believes that Rachel didn't say it. I mean, there's no honor amongst thieves. I Rachel probably said it. Maybe she doesn't even remember. Maybe it was just like such a passing thing. Um, Or who knows? Maybe she was drinking, like whatever. And... Of course, she's going to deny it to Sandoval because at the time, like, he was the only person she had. So she was like, no, I never told him that. Whatever. (laughs) Was it said to Nima? In my opinion, yes, I believe Nima. Like, he has no reason to lie about this. Um, Sheena doesn't understand why as well. So Sheena points this out, which I actually thought was a good point, that if Rachel's in this facility and she's supposed to have no phone and she's not having email and all that, 
you know, how is she listening to this podcast and getting this upset about it? Because Tom was acting like Rachel was having a complete meltdown about this interview and it was like throwing her over the edge. And Sheena's like, well, that wasn't my intention. Like Sheena, again, says it was to clear my her own name, which I, I can see what Sheena is saying. And I can also see how Sheena's like, well, she's in this institution. This isn't what she's like, whatever. Now, that being said, again, Nima didn't need to talk about like his hookup with Rachel. I just I and I'm assuming that that's probably what upset Rachel so much. So Sandoval says he feels it's just like disgusting to share these intimate details, et cetera, and that it was basically, you know, it became a contest in the months after the news broke that of people trying to get like the most salacious story, um, which it kind of was. Yeah. But again, like you guys are in the reality TV entertainment world, and this is how you make money in that world. Your job is literally to make money off sharing the salacious details of your life and the drama and the messiness. That is your literal career job that you make six figures off of every year. And we know you make at least half a million dollars a year doing it. (laughs) Just from Bravo, not to mention all the other opportunities, such as podcasts, etc. So, And, like, let's not pretend that Sandoval isn't, like, he also started a podcast. (laughs) He's also talking about his role in his own, whatever, his own (laughs) salacious story on his podcast. Like, come on. And you think he didn't tour kind of knowing, like, you know, okay, people will, like, come out and see just for, like, the hate of it. Like, we'll come hate watch as well and I'll make money off that. Of course. Of course. Of course he did. Okay. He's, he actually does admit, though, that them making money off of it made him feel better because at least they're getting paid. <laughs> so, OK. Um, but it pissed him off that they would go on other people's podcasts to talk shit for free. I mean, like, that's of all the things that Sandoval needs to be pissed off about. I think that should be on the least, like at the bottom, because when they did share stuff on other people's podcasts, it was never anything that wasn't for the most part, already shared on their own. So it's like, okay, the information's out there. Just get over it. Um, Sandoval then says he didn't do that with other people's breakups. He never said one word about Lala's breakup. I strongly disagree with that. I'm going to come back to that. Katie and Schwartz, I have thoughts on that too. And that he didn't say anything about James and Raquel. Okay, let's go down that list. Lala. Yeah, you did. You made a comment, a very disgusting comment about, well, maybe you shouldn't have made a baby with that guy if you, you know, when you knew that he was blah, blah, blah. And he made comments about, oh, Lala knew that he was da, da, da. Again, I'm not going to lie. I agree with, I think that Lala did know that Randall was what he was, (laughs) but he did make, you did make a comment. And I think there was, if I go back, I can probably find maybe at least another one. Katie and Schwartz, yeah, he didn't say anything after. But did he do and say things during their relationship? And call Katie entitled and kind of encourage Schwartz to have this, like, have certain opinions of his own girlfriend? Yeah, he played an active role in that. And I would say that's worse. Because you were doing it during their relationship and you had a big hand in helping to fracture it. 
he didn't and and I'm sure he said shit off camera and behind closed doors. I'm positive. Um, he didn't say anything about James and Raquel. No, true, but he was planting the seed so he could sleep with Raquel <laughs> once she dumped James. And in my opinion, and if you go back to like my very very first episode of this podcast, my who is Raquel Levis. I think the it started before her and James were broken up. I really do. Just saying. At least the emotional affair did. So again, listen, he's just, you're not innocent. Katie says that Schwartz is still his bitch boy and that his only friends are paid and that they're yes men, which, I mean, we could kind of see that watching the birthday party. Um, James says he lost his real friends and that he's just surrounded by like bobbleheads who come when there's a party and free drinks, basically, which, again, I could see that. Um, Lala said that not much has changed, though, because, again, Lala's like, he, that was what it was like before. She's like, Sandoval has always surrounded himself with yes men and people who will kind of support his ego, which I could see that because, like, look at Billy Lee. Him and Billy Lee are close friends and have been for a while. And Billy Lee is very much like, you know, boosting Sandoval's ego and just like everything Sandoval says. She's like, yep, yep, yep. Like she just really supports everything, <laughs> everything that Sandoval says. Now, I also think she might have a little bit of a crush on him and that they've slept together. There's all those rumors going around. And yeah, so there's that. Um, but I could see that he was probably like that before. Look at the friends that he's the closest with. So Schwartz, who's definitely like that, Billy Lee, a bunch of people that he pays to be in his band. Um, and then he's also friends with like, what was the other person I was going to say? Oh, yeah. And then he was with Ariana, who was a big cheerleader for him for a while. I think that's why their relationship lasted as long as it did. And then I think the reason he started to get sick of her is because she kind of got over that and probably started calling him on his shit more. That's what happens a lot of times too in relationships, right? Like you're at the beginning, you're so like obsessed with the person and everything they do is cute and all their annoying habits you think are so adorable. But then time goes on and you realize that, oh, this is not what I thought it was. And that's probably why Sandoval was like, I need a new fan. Ariana was my fan and she's not my fan anymore. So here's my new fan. And that was Rachel who thought he was just so cool, you know, with his like lightning bolt sweater and just like, you know, he's like, she was his new fan. That's it. Um, So Ariana says that she was no longer a yes man for Sandoval and that she didn't validate everything he said and did. So, you know, that was an issue for him. Exactly what I said. Katie says that the fact that he was doing this and some people knew and none of them said anything kind of shows the kind of yes people who are around him. And again, I don't think Katie means that they didn't say anything to Ariana. I think they mean they didn't say anything to him. Like, dude, what are you doing? Ariana says in terms of mutual friends, Billy Lee was the only mutual friend they really had. And who still hangs around Sandoval. She says any other mutual friends they had don't hang around him anymore. So there's that. Okay, then they talk about emo night. This is the last topic. So Tom Sandoval says, 
Um, and this to me was the funniest hypocrite moment that like when I listened and watched Tom Sandoval say this in this after show, can I tell you that my jaw was on the floor? <laughs> He's this is the quote. That's where, oh yeah, emo night, quote from Sandoval. That's where they stood on stage, pressed play, and screamed the words that someone else wrote. Okay, sir, you're in a cover band. Like, give me a break. You are in a cover band. You literally scream and sing. Well, sing is a is a compliment. I'm that's a stretch other people's words and other people's music like or give me i cannot i could not believe he he didn't think of that like you are setting yourself up for humil to be humiliated you really are like the girls are not going to emo night and pretending that well maybe sheena is but the girls are not going to emo night and like pretending that they're djs they're just going as celebrities who are promoting it it's like you know it's like when they have like oh you know Teresa Judice is um hosting a party at club whatever in New Jersey like that's all it is <laughs> it's, no one thinks Teresa's DJing right they just know she's the celebrity that's on the flyer to bring people in and yeah they're gonna go up there and they are gonna press a button and they're gonna dance around that's all it is <laughs> it's just like no one's pretending it's anything else and like yes Sheena did her um what's it called remake of good as gold so yeah sheena did a little something and and now sheena's like trying to make it a thing but then it's funny because then sandoval says that sheena's part is legit <laughs> so <laughs> okay so they ask about sheena's music and when they flash back to ariana she's I would like to point out she's very supportive and says she loves the Screamo version of Good as Gold and thinks it's perfect for Sheena. Um, Schwartz says he has a stylist now, which it's hard to believe. Like even watching this after show, I'm like, really? <laughs> Schwartz doesn't need a stylist. Schwartz needs a life coach that's not Tom Sandoval. He needs a life coach and he needs maybe to, I don't know. He needs like a life coach to maybe stop using so many substances. I don't know if he's an addict or he has a problem, but he he's just, he's not looking well, right? <laughs> like maybe, I don't know, something. He, I like, I know he's been going through a lot. I do feel for, you know, the stuff with his family. Um, but yeah, I don't think a stylist is going to solve all your problems here, Schwartz. Sandoval is still wearing the lightning bolt necklace and they talk about that. But the one he has on, he says, is a new one. The old one was gold and that it was, quote unquote, ripped off his neck. <laughs> I'm assuming that was Ariana. Oh, my God. I would have ripped it off his neck and put the charm inside his like cup of coffee or something. Um, OK, no, I wouldn't have done that. But I would have flushed it down the toilet. Um, and then he's always loved lightning bolts. And Schwartz is like, I kind of thought you would have backed down from the lightning bolt thing. 
Um, he's like, but you didn't, <laughs> you know, like he's kind of like, oh, like it's almost like Schwartz's way of saying, why didn't you or can you please? Um, and then Sandoval's like, no, I, I'm just like, I'm going to rebrand it and own it. Okay, good for you. <laughs> okay, and that brings us to the end of my episode three of the Vanderpump Rules after show. Episode four will be coming next week, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please give me a five-star rating. I would love that, um, especially for my American listeners on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. That would be amazing. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Your support really means everything to me. And this show wouldn't be possible without you, the listeners. So please, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more, you can join my Patreon, patreon.com slash bravoandbotox. And for $5 a month, you'll get four extra podcast episodes a month. You'll also get early releases of Bravo Paper episodes and more. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Bravo Papers and follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Bravo and Botox and at The Bravo Papers. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can at buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox. You know, send your love through some much needed caffeine. And any guest that was on today's episode will be in the show notes, all their social media and contact information. So thank you so much, everyone. Keep overanalyzing Bravo.